Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to whatever DSP you're listening on. It would definitely mean a lot to me. And if you haven't already seen the announcement, the Unpopular Podcast will start uh, doing two episodes a week on Tuesdays, a regular day, and now on Saturdays. I felt there was a lot of sports to talk about, and sometimes you forget if I go from Tuesday to another Tuesday. So, hey, I'll throw another episode in there. But... Here's where we'll start. I will be the first to say, and, and you guys heard it on, on on other episodes, but I wasn't one. I, I was I didn't think that they should have had an all star game slash weekend, whatever you want to call it in the middle of a pandemic. I did, however, say I understand why they're doing it, of course, because of money, how much money they're losing with no fans or, you know some teams have no fans some teams do have like a minimal amount i understand why they do it especially the money that they lost on the bubble like they, they're trying to recoup and players understood that too while lebron james wasn't really for it Giannis wasn't really for it uh damian lillard wasn't really for it but they understood and of course they acquiesced and played with that being said i need i want to shout out and i want to congratulate the nba on not only a successful all-star weekend, I guess you can say, but the fact that they did it right. And this is this is one thing that the NBA does does a lot is you you see they do the right thing a lot. I'm not saying that they're perfect. And I'm not saying that, you know, they they, they only care about players or, or outside organizations. I'm not saying that at all, because at the end of the day, money is money. But I will say congratulations to the NBA for getting it right. You know, you already understood that a lot of players and a lot of people were against having an all-star game due to a pandemic. So what do you do? You connect it to a cause or connect it to an organization that, one, doesn't get a lot of love, and two, is is very important in the very like very important in the backbone of the United States, even though people don't want to talk about it. And that are that is HBCUs. You know, you saw Thurgood Marshall, you got Florida A and M. Uh, I went to an HBCU in Voorhees College. Like the fact that they raised so much money for HBCUs, and HBCUs were front and center. This entire like the entire experience on Sunday was incredible, and you know. It, it's it just it's just beautiful that you see you know uh, KD who wasn't able to be there. He you know shout out some HBCUs. Uh, you know LeBron and and KD. I mean uh, Steph. You know players that didn't go. To, hell, shout out to Robert Covington. He did go to I think he's like Tennessee State or something. But I just like how they put. They understood that there was scrutiny going into the All Star game. And I like how they put HBCUs front and center. Now, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, Jay, they're only doing this for the fans. They're only doing this, you know, so the heat can get off of them. And after the All-Star break, they're not going to care. Here's the thing, man. I understand that they probably did it for, you know, they probably did it so they can get some of the fans back that, that were upset about doing the All-Star game during the pandemic. And I understand that once the All-Star Weekend is over, which it is over now, a lot of the talk from the NBA about HBCUs is going to die down. I understand that. But don't let's not discredit what they did. And let's not, even though if it was for a short amount of time, even if it was for a weekend or a day, let's not discredit what they did. They raised thousands upon thousands of dollars for HBCUs for causes that HBCUs are attributed to and they shine light on us on on entities and organizations that don't really get love especially and here's the thing when we talk about HBCUs in the United States usually we only talk about Howard or um, what Florida A&M but there were so many other HBCUs in you know that they that that they highlighted which was beautiful and it's like I know a lot of people say, for instance, and, and I'll tie it to this. LeBron James started school. Shouts out to LeBron James. I think the I Promise School or something like that. Russell Westbrook, I think, announced last week that he's starting a school as well. 
And a lot of people were saying, oh, see, he's trying to be just like LeBron James. He's he's riding LeBron James' jog, everything. When you're doing something positive, who cares who started? It's just that you're doing it. And I'm going to tie it back into this week, this weekend with the HBCUs. Yes, I understand that is the the hype for it, especially you know in on the NBA side is going to die down after you know the weekend, but the fact that they were still able to raise this much money, they still able to get eyes on these schools. Yeah, I, I'll take that over not doing it at all. So, shouts out to the NBA for doing that. Shouts out to all the HBCUs that were highlighted. Shouts out to anybody that went to an HBCU. Like I said. I had the privilege, even though I didn't go to a huge HBCU, I had the privilege of experiencing an HBCU. Like I said, Voorhees College, I went there for four years. So I understand the love and the connectivity that that comes with HBCUs. Like I said, I played basketball, so I know how important homecomings are. So, yeah, man, shouts out to everyone that was involved for, you know, the HBCU side of All-Star Weekend. But let's talk about the event that happened on Sunday. First and foremost, I also give another shout-out to the NBA for while we're used to a whole weekend, we're used to the celebrity game, we're used to the, the rookies versus sophomore game or the Team USA against Team World or whatever they call it now. We're used to a weekend. I respect how they were able to do it in... A, like in one day, how they were able to do the all-star game. They're able to do the slam dunk contest. They will do the skills challenge and the three point contest. This is where I say that the players are, this is why you, it's important to have a player driven league because it was, I was, <laughs> even though I didn't care much about the, the slam dunk contest, even though I didn't care much about the, um, skills challenge because the players that were in it it made me tune in and because of the incredible uh analysts uh commentary commentary from ernie or the tnt crew and it was just it was just a great experience i enjoyed watching sabonis win shout out to sabonis sabonis beating uh vucevic in the skills competition I, i it was i went crazy when chris paul missed the game win it well for the skills challenge, the game winning layup. I'm like, Chris, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, and then let, you know, the big, one of the big moments was a three point contest. Now, when you looked, I mean, you saw Steph and then the next, like it was Mike Conley. It was Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell. And it's like, uh, I mean, it's, it's easy. Like this is going to be easy for Steph. Like, it's like, who? I mean, I understand Damian Lillard was supposed to do it, but he backed out. I think due to rest and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, this is about to be easy for Steph. But the way that the players made it so exciting, the way that Mike Conley, you know, Steph Curry, of course, did win the three-point contest, but he only won by one point after, you know, beating Mike Conley, what, 28 to 27 in the last round. Steph Curry dropped a 31-point round. Uh, it, it was just exciting. It was exciting because you had players, and you ha- you had players that were all in. Even if they weren't all in, they did. They seemed like it. Like you, you watched Steph Curry the entire night, and you can tell that he was having, he was enjoying himself. You can tell that, you know, he was happy. You look at Mike Conley. You look at Donovan Mitchell. You look at even the players that said they didn't want to be there, like LeBron James. He didn't play the entire second half of the All Star game, but he was excited. You know, he he was there. He brought the energy. Giannis, who we'll talk about in a second, he brought the energy. So. Shouts out for the NBA for putting on a incredible night. And if we'll go to the All-Star game, it was it was the All-Star game really showed how far the league has come. You know, when we look, Steph unfortunately KD wasn't there due to, you know, recovering from injury. Uh Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were game day scratches because I think contact tracing with a barber or something like that. Fortunately, they didn't get, you know, come into contact with anybody else. But the All-Star game really showed just how far the league has come. Like when you look at the shots that Steph Curry was shooting, Steph Curry, I think, hit a couple of shots 
as soon as he stepped over half court, he hit, and I think he hit like three of them. Damian Lillard hit a hit a shot beyond half court, like. And you know, you hear people like Skip Bayless and other people like you know, back in the day, those would be horrible shots, which they would be. But the fact that you have some elite shooters, and the fact that you have someone like Mike Conley, who I would not have even expected or imagined to be the runner-up in the three-point contest. Like, it was just it was just great to see. And shouts out to, like, it shouts out to Giannis Antetokounmpo for, I think, being the first player ever to win uh, the All-Star Game MVP while going perfect from the field at, by shooting more than, like, five shots. He shot 16. He went 16 for 16. Now, most of them were dunks. I know he had, what, like, two or three uh, threes. He had 35 points, so shouts out to him, two-time MVP and now a finals MVP. I mean, not a finals, I'm sorry, all-star game MVP. Just shouts out to the whole night, man. Shouts out to the whole night. I I, I totally forgot about the, the Kobe Bryant format. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. I totally forgot about the Kobe Bryant format um, that they are starting to implement, and I do love how they, they are sticking with the Kobe Bryant award, which is the all-star MVP. So it was just a great night. It was a great night for the league. It was a great night for all the stars. And it was just, it was a great night for HBCUs. It was just a great night. And like I said, it, it was, you know, it was good because I completely, like, trust me, we were about second quarter. And when they said, get ready for the slam, I said, oh, shoot, the slam dunk contest. I totally forgot about it. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't even care, but I didn't want to watch it until. You know, I saw Anthony Simon. Shouts out to Anthony Simon for winning the slam dunk contest. I saw him go out there, and I saw uh, Cassius Stanley. I saw Obi Toppin. And I do like how a lot of those people, they're all, well, except for Anthony Simon, they're rookies. You know, uh, Obi Toppin and St- Cassius Stanley are rookies. But the league was able to showcase them, and they put on a really good performance. So, and... It's just, it's funny. These are just my, my thoughts in the game, of course, and thoughts on the night. But it's just funny that, it's funny when you see the vets against the the people that probably wouldn't been there that much. Like, you didn't see much of Mike Conley but because he, he was just soaking in the moment is what he said. Uh, they they tried their hardest to, to get Zion to dunk as much as possible, and he missed a couple of them because you can tell he was nervous. Uh, the all-star, the, the, the slam dunk contest, a lot of people, this is the first time they're introduced to Obi Toppin. This is the first time they were introduced to Cassius Stanley. I know somebody called me and was like, yo, who is Cassius Stanley? I'm like, he's a, he went to Duke, everything. So it was just a good night. It was a good night. Again, I was one of the people, I didn't think that they should have had a, um, I didn't think that they should have had a all-star game due to the pandemic. And from what I've seen, a lot went down in Atlanta outside of the NBA, but you know, the and, and the and the fact that people were like, you know, the NBA, the NBA knew what they were doing. They know that, of course, you can say they don't want any parties, this, that, and the third, um, or they're not going to be attached to any parties, which I don't think they were. But you know what you're doing when you pick a place like Atlanta. Atlanta's been open for damn near a year now, and it's like. You know that you're going to get the most views and, and a lot of people are going to come down, even though they're not, they're not the game. A lot a lot of buzz is going to circulate around the All-Star game due to the fact that it is in Atlanta. So, you know, shouts out to the NBA for doing it right. And shouts out to all the stars and everything and all the HBCUs that participated in All-Star Weekend pretty much if you want to call the weekend. <laughs> so, and, and and the thing is, I am excited for what's to come. You know, I'm excited uh Lord willing next year when the All-Star game comes or All-Star weekend and we're able to get like I said the celebrity game again, we're able to get the Team USA against Team World and and stuff like that. We're able to have a proper slam dunk contest and a proper three-point contest. And the fact that I think that if, if the place was full with fans, they would have went crazy for Steph Curry, you know, for the three-point contest. They would have went crazy for Dame and Steph in the, in the All-Star game. And and shouts out to Bradley Bill for, I think, leading Team team LeBron and, and scoring. I mean, Team Durant and scoring. I think he had, like, 26. Uh, I'm just excited to see, you know, 
moving forward when the world opens up a little bit more, uh, you know, fans and stuff. So, shouts out to that. How the biggest news, I guess, outside of um, All Star Weekend was Blake Griffin, and so here's the thing: Blake Griffin played for the Detroit Pistons and. You know, it just wasn't working. It wasn't going well. And he was he was bought out. You know, him and him and the Pistons agreed to a buyout and he became an unrestricted free agent and he decided to sign with the Brooklyn. Now, on the surface you look and it's like, damn, you got K D, you got Kyrie, you got James Harden, you have Blake Griffin now, you have DeAndre Jordan. Like, that's incredible. Here's the thing. I yes. Blake Griffin is a good player. Blake Griffin is a great player. And but it, it really depends on the what Blake Griffin are you getting? A lot of people are saying that because they have Blake Griffin, there should be no reason why they don't win a championship. That is true if you're getting the Blake Griffin from from the Clippers and I don't know if that's the Blake Griffin that you're getting. Because Hell, there's still a running count of how long it hasn't has how long it's been since Blake Griffin's dunked the ball. Now, this is the Blake Griffin that won a slam dunk contest, that has famous dunks on Kendrick Perkins, on Danilo Gallinari. Like, this is the dunking Blake Griffin, and the fact that he hasn't dunked in what damn near a year plus, they're saying something. Not to mention the Blake Griffin that played for. Detroit is not that good of a player like he's not a great scorer he's not a great defender it's like I don't know if he was saving his energy for a better situation I don't know if he just wasn't playing because the team wasn't good I'm not too sure I will say this though depending on the Blake Griffin that Brooklyn gets will depend on if this is a seismic move or not I do think that if they're getting the Blake Griffin from the Clippers, while he's not that much of a defender, and if he agrees to come off the bench, that's definitely a spark that comes off the bench. I don't see any team. Let me say this. I don't see any team that could beat the Brooklyn Nets if we're getting a solid Blake Griffin. It's already, you know, this is kind of up in the air right now. You know, if, if, Somebody can beat the Brooklyn when they're all when they're all on fire, when Katie's on fire, when Kyrie's on fire, when James Harden's on fire. And now you add Blake Griffin, depending on the Blake Griffin that you get, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and that's the thing about this move. I don't know. And I don't think anybody knows. I think Brooklyn expects to get the Blake Griffin from uh from the Clippers. I think they hope to get the Blake Griffin from the Clippers because that's a high energy player, and it also doesn't. It also does not address the Brooklyn's biggest problem, and that's one reason why I didn't like. I was like, "Wow, they got Blake Griffin," but I'm not one of the people that automatically think that they're going to, you know, just be wrecking the league, you know, like going undefeated or whatever. Because it hasn't addressed their biggest problem. Their biggest two problems is defense and defending the rim. And the fact that they Blake Griffin is not a defender and he's not defending the rim, it's like I while it does help, but it doesn't and it enhances something that's already potent to them. So shouts out to and, and here's the thing. Brooklyn made this move solely for Anthony Davis. And don't don't let nobody tell you anything different. They made this move. They they were aggressive because if you look at the teams that you saw once Blake Griffin was uh once the buyout happened, you saw teams like the Lakers, you saw teams like uh Golden State, Miami, um Clippers, like you saw teams that were interested. And a lot of people were saying he's going to sign with the Brooklyn Nets, but they weren't one of the like <laughs> you heard their name being interested, but you know, you didn't you didn't really know. The reason why they made this move is because of Anthony Davis. If you go back to the NBA Finals, one thing that was was obviously clear is if you don't have someone that can stop Anthony Davis, 
you're not going to stop LeBron. We know that. But if you're ha- if you don't have someone that can stop Anthony Davis, you're not going to win. While Bam Adebayo was incredible during the NBA Finals uh, last year, while the Heat, shouts out to the Heat for making it to the NBA Finals, they had nobody that slowed down Anthony Davis. In fact, Anthony Davis, to me, I understand why you gave the MVP, you know, Finals MVP to LeBron. I get that. But Anthony Davis had a case of being the Finals MVP just of, just because of how great he was and how important he was. Brooklyn see, saw that, and they look at the lo- roster. KD's not, you know, you, KD has to worry about LeBron James and vice versa. No one's stopping James Harden, and no one's stopping Kyrie Irving. The thing is, they don't have a big to stop Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis is that. Let me say stop. They don't have a. They don't have a. They did not have a big that could keep up with Anthony Davis. And like I said, when you have KD having to worry about LeBron, and then you have the guards having to, you know, you still have, you still have Montrez Harold, you still have uh, Dennis Schroeder, like. These are these are good players, and while of course they're not James Harden and I mean Kyrie Irving, if you had nobody that could keep pace with Anthony Davis, and while I don't think Blake Griffin is that person to keep pace, I do think that it helps tremendously if you're getting the Blake Griffin from the Clippers days. So they they only made this. It's kind of like um the Clippers. It's kind of like the Clippers. Now, I think it's a little different, but it's kind of, the Clippers made all those moves last year to st- to beat the, the 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 Lakers. They didn't think about any other team. They didn't think about the Toronto. They didn't think about Golden State. They didn't think about any other team except beating the Lakers. And they were built to beat the Lakers. They weren't built to beat Denver. They weren't built to beat anybody. They weren't built to beat Dallas, which is why Dallas gave them such a run in the bubble they were built to beat the Lakers. And you're kind of seeing the same thing for Brooklyn. The difference, however, is because their players are so smart, their players are so cerebral, their players are worldly players, they have three of them, they can beat anybody else. Like, it's, it's gonna, if, if you can't score more than 120 against them, you're not going to win. So you're starting to see they're starting to mirror their or they're trying to mirror their team to beat the Lakers. Because if you really look on the West outside of maybe Utah and and Phoenix, we'll talk to talk about in a second. I don't really see anybody beating L.A. in a in a in a series in the West. So. What the what the Clippers are doing, I mean, what the Brooklyn Nets are doing is they're building their roster around stopping the Lakers and, and building pieces. Let me say this: the 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 clip the the net the Nets' strongest pieces are outside of LeBron are the Lakers' wor- are weakest pieces. The Nets the Nets' strongest pieces is small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, where do where do the Lakers struggle at? Point guard and shooting guard, and and when you have to go up against Kyrie Irving and James Harden, it's, it's going to be a yeah, who knows. But like I said, it really depends on the Blake Griffin that you're getting. If you're getting the Blake Griffin from the Clippers, this is a huge move. Especially, it's just another person that you're going to have to stop and another body that you can throw at Anthony Davis. Uh, but if you're getting the clip, if you're getting the the Blake Griffin from Detroit, and if the Blake Griffin is still hasn't dunked, that really only worried about taking sh- taking long mid range jump shots or or tough threes, like I, I I don't think that the the iteration of Blake Griffin that we just saw, I I think that that's not gonna get it done like at all. I do think that. Currently constructed, Brooklyn does have enough to beat the Lakers, but I, you know, they don't, they didn't bring on Blake Griffin to be the Blake Griffin that they just saw. I think they're hoping for uh, 
getting a Blake getting Blake Griffin that just tuned like I hope they think I think they think that Blake Griffin just tuned out. You know, after he realized there's I'm in Detroit, there's no chance of anything after you trade away uh Derrick Rose, it's like, yeah, I'm not doing nothing else. So I think that's what they hope. And we'll just have to see. But it is it is a big move if you're getting the great the good if you're getting a a better Blake Griffin. So we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. However, like I said, I do think that it does not help. It doesn't. They they haven't addressed their biggest issues. So I do think that that has to also be. We have to see where that goes from there as well. So there you go. Moving forward. What I wanted to do. I want to have a little fun since all star break is over. Uh, I want to. Look at all the top, all the the playoff teams in both the East and the West, and talk about how far each one can go. I'm not thinking about the matchups. I'm not thinking about if they play them. They're not. You know, I'm I'm just saying with the, with the talent on their team, how far they can go in the playoffs. If the playoffs started tomorrow, and if it, it doesn't really matter who they play. So let's let's start with the East. Let's start with Philly. Let's start. No, yeah, let's start with Philly. Philadelphia is probably one of the most unique teams in the, all of the NBA. Um, because their strength comes from they're kind of built like a modern old team, if that makes sense. They're built from the inside out. Their best players on the inside, which is Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and then they're built out. You have Seth Curry, you have uh Tobias Harris. They're they're built like a traditional old team, but they have shooters, and it really depends on how good Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons plays. If Joel Embiid continues to play like the MVP or frontrunner MVP that he is currently, this team can go all the way and win the NBA Finals. If he has flameouts like we've seen. And Ben Simmons has flameouts like we've seen in the playoffs. This team is good enough to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, Eastern Conference Finals. But I think if they're all, let's just say all these teams are at full, full, full caliber. Philadelphia has what it takes and has the players and has the coach and, and Glenn Rivers, since he doesn't want to be called Doc Rivers, and Glenn Rivers and. Like I said, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, you, uh, Shake Milton's coming or coming back. Uh, you know, Seth Curry. They have the makeup, and they have the players to win the NBA Finals. Let's go Brooklyn Nets. Same thing. <laughs> you when you have KD, when you have James Harden, when you have uh, Kyrie Irving, and now you add Blake Griffin, it's kind of the the ceiling for this team is the the ceiling for the team is the NBA Finals and win it all. It's going to be hard to match that firepower anybody on any given night. So they can definitely win the NBA Finals. Their their floor, however, if they hit the right matchup and their defense or their if they don't address their defense at the trade deadline and. Their defense, especially rim protecting, really really stands out. They could lose in the second round if they go up against, uh, I don't know, Milwaukee or they go up against a Boston or something. Oh, no. No, no. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it. They, they could definitely lose in the second round, but their ceiling, which is Brooklyn, can definitely be the NBA Finals and win it all. Milwaukee, they're a little different. I think we've seen their ceiling, even though you, you know, they're, they're having another incredible season They're you know, uh, drew holiday has been incredible for them. I think their ceiling is the Eastern conference finals. I don't think that, I think Giannis not being able to shoot the ball consistently is still a problem. I think that while, you know, you have Giannis and you have drew holiday who isn't a number one, but is an incredible, incredible number two. They don't really have a piece. If those two aren't doing well, they don't really have a piece that could pick them up. Brooke Lopez is not that. Uh, DiVincenzo isn't that. So I think 
I think Milwaukee's ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think their floor is probably the they could lose in the first round, depending on their matchup, honestly. And I think that is because, like I said, the lack of when your superstar has limitations, even though he is one of the most athletic freaks we've ever seen, even though his ability to finish at the rim is second to none. The fact that you can just wall up and you have to depend on people like Brooke Lopez and stuff to carry you home if he's out or Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday has not been in that situation where he, you know, you have to, he has to be the brunt of the offense from time to time. I think, I think the Milwaukee ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston Celtics. <laughs> I've been killing Boston Celtics for a minute now. This well since the season, but I will give them props, and I will give Kimball Walker props because I killed Kimball Walker last week. I'll give Kimball Walker props. Kimball Walker has improved, and he has been better the last week and a half, which has in turn changed the way that Boston has played and and changed how they're you know he's playing better, and because of that, Boston's better. So if Kimball Walker plays like this. Their ceiling, in my opinion, is they and and that's also barring Marcus Smart coming back. They can make the NBA Finals. I don't know. I don't think they can win it, but they can make it. You have Jalen Brown, you know, an All Star now playing incredible. Jason Tatum, you know, Kimball Walker's playing well now. Marcus Smart coming back with the defense. They they do need to address a a big man, and I think that you can go for a player like Andre Drummond or something like that, but. And if they get Andre Drummond, that's that's a whole different story. But I think Boston ceiling is the NBA Finals. Their their floor, however, they can very well lose in the first round. And that's like I said, you have a young team still, and your stars are outside of maybe Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You know, Kimball Walker is a one way player, and Jason Tatum. Don't get me wrong, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can be one way players as well. They can just be offense, 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 and they're nice when they don't really play much defense. So, Boston's ceiling is the NBA Finals. Their floor, however, could be they could lose in the first round. Let's go to New York. First of all, shouts out to New York. I didn't see them being this good, trust and believe. I didn't see – I mean, I understand that they're still below 500, but they're fifth in the East. And I didn't see them being – you know, shouts out to Julius Randle. Shouts out to uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Shouts out to uh, Derrick Rose. You know they've been incredible. Shouts out to Tibbs. They I, they've been a lot better than I thought. However, their their ceiling, in my opinion, they can win a series. I think that their ceiling is probably the second round in the playoffs. Uh, I think that they're 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 that they're they're because they're young and they're leaning on players that are playing incredible right now, which is Julius Randle. I think that they could win a series. Now, their, their floor is not even make the – we've seen, I will say this, which is why I'm not, like, overly over the top about the Knicks right now. We've seen stretches where they've been incredible and then they still don't make the playoffs. So, their floor is not make the playoffs, but their ceiling, they can win a series. And that's that's a testament to how good they've been, how, you know, it feels like they, they've made a turnaround. I'm not saying they're NBA champions, but it feels like they've made that turnaround. So, shouts out to the Knicks. The Heat. The Heat is a is an interesting team because, like I said, they're riding off of last year making the NBA Finals in the bubble. You still have Bam Adebayo. You still have Jimmy Butler, Gordon Dragic, Tyler Euro, uh, Tyler Dun- or, uh, Duncan. I don't I don't think that this team is good enough. I think that their ceiling is the second round of the playoffs. I think that they're a young, they're a scrappy team. They take on the they embody their leader, which is Jimmy Butler, but they still struggle scoring. They don't really have a a player that can go out and 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 out well, they don't really have a player that can go out and get you 30 any given night. Even though Jimmy Butler's great, he's not really a scorer like that. I don't. Th- I think their ceiling is the second round, maybe Eastern Conference Finals. I don't, and of course their floor. 
I think they'll make the playoffs. So I think their floor is losing first round. I just don't think that I don't think that they're good enough currently constructed well making it anywhere past the second round of the playoffs. So that's the Miami Heat. Charlotte Hornets, uh first of all, shouts out to shouts out to Michael Jordan for clearly seeing what some others didn't in LaMelo Ball. I thought I knew LaMelo Ball was going to be good. I didn't think LaMelo Ball was going to be this good. Uh this early. Let me not say I knew he was going to be this good. I didn't think he was going to be this good this early. So shouts out to LaMelo Ball and shoot, man. He, you know, he is <laughs> a lot of things have gone right for uh Charlotte. I mean, you have LaMelo Ball being good. Gordon Hayward's been good. Uh, Terry Rozier's been good. Miles Bridges has been good. P.J. Washington has been good. It's been a great team. I think their floor, I mean, their ceiling, however, is the first round of the playoffs. And I think if they make it to the first round of the playoffs, that is a win. You know, you, you still have the Pacers are sitting in 10th. You still have uh, the, the Atlanta Hawks that's 11th. Like, I, I think that their ceiling is the first round of the playoffs. And that in and of itself, especially with a franchise that's kind of that's struggled for a minute, that is a win in their book. So I, of course, their their floor is not making the playoffs at all. But um, yeah, Charlotte's been Charlotte has been a pleasant surprise. So, and lastly, Toronto, Toronto. While Charlotte's been a pleasant surprise, Toronto's been a disappointment. You know, every year we expect Toronto to be at least close to the top. Not saying good enough to be the top, but when you have Kyle Lowry, when you have uh, Norman Norman Powell, when you have players like Pascal Siakam, and this is the same team minus Kawhi Leonard uh, that ultimately won a championship against a injured Golden State. You know, you they they had they've disappointed this year, and. Even at their best, you know, Fred Van Vliet playing great. Like, even at their best, I don't see them winning. I they could. I don't see them winning a series. I think that they they can make it, but I don't. I don't see as currently constructed because we can't trust Pascal Siakam as we've seen. We can't trust him in big moments if he has to be the man. I don't know how Fred Van Vliet is going to be. I don't know how Kyle Lowry is going to be. I don't know how Norman Powell is going to be. It, it's you know, I think that their ceiling is the first round, honestly. So that's the Eastern Conference Finals. Let I mean, ooh, <laughs> that's the Eastern Conference teams one through eight. I'm not going to talk about you know nine through fifteen because we don't need to talk about the Bulls. We need to talk about Indiana, which I do think Indiana will find a way to creep into the playoffs. I do think that, but we don't need to talk about them. Let's move over to the Western Conference. And the biggest, the, the the biggest, the hardest team to, I guess, kind of evaluate right now is the Utah Jazz. I talked about why I do think that they are surging right now. It's because Utah has found a way to have their offense match their defense. The biggest, the biggest knock that we've had on Utah is they're too much of a of a they lean too much to one side and not to the other. Their defense can be incredible, but their offense is not that good. Hell, you can go back to the John Stockton and Carl Malone days. Their offense was incredible, but their defense wasn't really up to par, even though they had a couple defenders. I think that because they've been able to kind of kind of even it out, that's why they've been that incredible. Not to mention Donovan Mitchell has made a leap. Uh, and and his leadership as well as just how good he's been has you know has propelled them to a twenty seven and nine record. Uh, now I do think their ceiling, which is tough, it's tough to evaluate the Utah Jazz, but we're just gonna talk about what we're currently seeing. What we're currently seeing, their ceiling is they could win it all. I don't know if they will, but they can win it all. When you have a great rim protector like Rudy Gobert, when you have a star like Donovan Mitchell, and you have great complementary pieces like Bogdanovich, by um, Ingles, 
uh, and Mike Conley being incredible. I, they, they ha- and 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 don't be surprised if they go out and get someone like a Victor Oladipo. That's all I'm saying. They have the pieces to win a championship. Their ceiling, I mean, their floor. However, I do think that they they could lose in the second round slash Western Conference Finals. If they go up against LeBron in the in the Lakers, or they go up against, I don't know, Clippers maybe. I think that they could lose those rounds. So their floor, they can Utah Jazz when they're when everyone's firing all cylinders, they could win it all. And their floor, I'll say the second round of the in the of the playoffs. If the the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns is an interesting team. But it's a team that that's a team that I, I enjoy watching. I enjoy seeing. You're really starting to see what you saw that last year with the OKC. But you're really starting to see how important Chris Paul is in terms of. Nobody thought the the Phoenix Suns was going is was good enough. Do you okay? So going back into to last year when they went eight zero in the bubble. You realize they were so they were they were they were they were so bad that you can go eight zero in the bubble and you still didn't make the play-in game, like that's how bad they were in the regular season before the bubble. And you're really starting to see the leadership of a Chris Paul. Is it you know? And, and not to mention, Phoenix is still a young team, and the fact that he's able to get them together and we're seeing one of the best seasons that we've seen out of Donovan Mitchell. We're seeing a great season out of DeAndre Ayton. These, this is an incredible team, and I think their ceiling, they can make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. I think, you know, when you have, a, one, you have a young team, and you have Chris Paul with, with Devin Booker, I think they're good enough to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think that they're going to beat a, Lakers in the series. I don't really think they're good enough to be the Clippers in the series. We still have to see about Denver, but they're good enough to me to make it to a Western Conference Finals. And I think that their floor is first round. I think their their youth can kind of get in their way at times, and if it does, then they can they can definitely lose in the first round. But Phoenix will take that. Phoenix. I don't, I don't know if Chris Paul will take that, of course, but Phoenix has struggled for years, and they haven't been good since what <laughs> the the Joe Johnson days and the in the Amari Stoudemire days. They 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 made a couple of uh, playoff appearances, uh, you know, with Rajah Bells and stuff, but they haven't really been good since. They haven't really been consistently good since then. So Phoenix will Phoenix as an organization will take it if they make it to. Playoffs and lose in a first round or or second round or whatever, um, and they would be elated and over the top if they make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. So, I think the Western Conference Finals is Phoenix's uh, ceiling. The LA Lakers. We don't need to say much here. You have LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis. Once he comes back, Montrez Harrell is still there. You have the, one of the Morris brothers. You have Dennis Schroeder. Their Kyle Kuzma, their ceiling, of course, is the NBA Finals. When you have LeBron James, more than likely that's your ceiling. The man's been to, what, 10, 10 or 11 championships? That's your ceiling, the NBA Finals. Their floor, I would say they could, depending on the matchup, they can very well lose in the in the first round of the playoffs. You know, if they, if they, if they get the right matchup and, you know, K- uh, Anthony Davis isn't completely right from injury, and you know you're putting a lot of minutes on LeBron, and you have to worry. You have to like put a lot of uh, what's his name, Kyle Kuzma, has to bear a lot of uh, you know responsibility. I don't know if he's ready for that. So it really all depends on their health and their ceiling. Of course, the NBA Finals, their floor to me is the first round. Uh, the Clippers. Their ceiling is the NBA Finals. I mean, when you have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you, Nicholas Platoon has played incredible, surprisingly. Um, I do think that they do need to address. They need to get a traditional point guard, in my opinion, or a point guard that can score a lot better than Patrick Beverly. Uh, but you do still have Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. 
I think that their 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 ceiling is the East as the NBA Finals. I don't know if they can beat a team like Brooklyn in the first like in a four game series. I don't know if they can beat a team like I don't know. I don't know. But it, I do think that they can with the talent that they have, especially with two superstars like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they can make it to the championship. Their floor, however, to me is the second round like second round. Or first round. Like, we've seen them struggle against teams that they shouldn't have. Like I said, we saw what happened against Dallas. We saw what happened against uh, the Nuggets last year. They, they, could, they could very well. And they lost to Memphis this year by, like, 30. Like, they, we've seen them at their lows. So, like I said, the Clippers' ceiling is most definitely the NBA Finals. Their floor, I'll give them the first round. Second round. Portland. Here's the thing about Portland. At some point, they're gonna have to get over that hump. I mean, they've been every year they they seem to improve somehow. Uh, Melo was incredible last year. Um, you know, you address an issue, which is the small forward position. And you get Robert Covington. Of course, you have Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum's injured right now, but I think he should be back towards the end of the season. This team, especially being led by Dame, is good enough, should be good enough to make it to the NBA Finals. I just don't think they can. I, their ceiling could be the NBA Finals. I don't think they're good enough to win it. Because they don't, they don't play enough defense. I mean, and his Cantor don't play defense. Dame don't play defense. CJ McCollum don't play defense. Melo don't play defense. Nurkic don't play defense. The whole team outside of Robert Covington really don't play defense. And it's like, uh, let me not. You know what? Their ceiling, the Portland to me, their ceiling is the Western Conference Finals, which they've hit what a couple a couple years ago. So I just don't know if Robert Covington is that. I do think it's, he's a big piece, but I don't know if he's that piece to just get them over, over the top. You know what I mean? So I think Portland's ceiling is the Western Conference Finals, and their their floor is the first round. Like I said, you get the right matchup, and you got to go against a team that either A, score, like if you go, go against a Denver or something like that, yeah, that, that could be a tough series for you. So... I think Portland's floor is the first round. Their ceiling is the Western Conference Finals. Let's go Denver. First of all, shout out to Jokic for being a being in the MVP conversation this year. Their ceiling is the NBA Finals. If Jokic is playing credible, you still have uh, Jamal Murray. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has has flashes. Uh, Paul Millsap, like they they're good enough, and they have a squad that should be good enough to make it to the NBA Finals. That is their ceiling. Their floor, however, as we've seen kind of the ins and outs. Now, they did deal with injury and stuff like that, but the ins and outs, their floor is the first round. I don't think that there's a there's a area in time where they don't make, a, make the playoffs, but they could very well, you know, J- Jamal Murray not play well or get hurt. Jokic not play well or get hurt. Um, will Barton not play well? Like they, <laughs> their floor will be first round. Their ceiling is the NBA Finals, and they're, they're that's a sleeper team that they could win if they make it to the NBA Finals. They could win. They could beat a team like a Brooklyn or like a Philly or something like that. So, yeah, that's Denver, San Antonio Spurs. Man, I'm starting to. Feel- I feel kind of bad for the DeMar DeRozan, man. DeMar DeRozan was first, you know, he felt like he was snubbed in the All-Star game. And then you have <laughs> Devin Booker couldn't play. And instead of asking DeMar DeRozan, you ask Mike Conley. Which, shouts out to Mike Conley. First time in his career that he's an All-Star. Shouts out to you. But I was like, damn, DeMar DeRozan don't get no love. But, honestly, I don't think, I, while the Spurs sit at 7th, I don't. I think their floor or their ceiling, honestly, is the first round of the playoffs. I don't think that they're good enough um, to beat 
a team. Even though I'm not, you know, everyone's like, I'm not going to discount Greg Popovich. I'm not discounting Greg Popovich at all. I'm just looking at the talent on the team against the talent on another, on other teams in the West. I just don't see the San Antonio Spurs winning a series, especially when you're led by DeMar DeRozan and, uh, what's his name, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, don't get me wrong, they're still really good players, but if you look at the other team's best few players, I mean, Denver, you have Jamal Murray and Jokic. Portland, you have Dame. You know, I, I just don't see them doing that. So, I think San Antonio Spurs' ceiling is the first round of the playoffs. So, in Dallas at eight, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's really hard about Dallas because um, – Dallas is a team that a lot of people expected to be a lot better than they are. I expect them to be a lot better than they are. A lot of people had Yoke, I mean, uh, Luka Doncic be their MVP. It's, it's, it's Dallas's ceiling to me is a second rounder at Western Conference Finals, seeing as though you have a, a Porzingis and you have Doncic. If they're both firing all cylinders, it's, it's kind of tough to stop. But I don't see them doing that, especially this year. I don't see them doing that because I haven't seen that in an entire series. I mean, I haven't seen that, like, uh, in a stretch at all. I've seen Doncic playing great, but then Porzingis is, you know, ugh, iffy. I've seen Don- Luka Doncic have iffy games. So, I think Dallas's ceiling is probably the f- second round of the playoffs. So, and that, to me, is a disappointment to them, seeing as though, how successful they were against the Clippers last year, even though they did lose, they kind of pushed the Clippers to the brink and they thought they would make a step forward. I don't think they've done that. So yeah, that's, that's who I, that's, those are my ceilings for all the eight, you know, playoff teams in the East and West. If you disagree, let me know, leave it in the comments. We can talk about it and, and yeah, let's move forward. So let's move over to UFC. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to butcher this name. I already know I will, but here it goes. Jan Blachowicz, whatever. Jan beat Israel Adesanya, whatever. Jan beat Israel by unanimous decision. And this was huge because going into the fight, you know, Israel hadn't lost. And while Jan has been incredible, Israel, you know, a lot of people look at it as Israel on a different, on a, in a different class than Jan. Not to mention, going into the fight, I didn't really hear much about this fight as much as I was hearing about Israel going against John Bones Jones. Um, and shouts out to Jan. I'm only calling you guys by your first name because I know I'm going to butcher your last name, so I apologize. No disrespect. But... Jan went in hungry, and Israel, I don't, I'm not going to say he overlooked his opponent, I'm not going to say that, I'm just, because uh, to me, that kind of disrespects how good Jan Blachowicz <laughs> has been, and, and yeah, man, I, I, I do, this is also big because a lot of, a lot of people were questioning, is Israel one of the greatest, if not the greatest UFC fighter ever, and while I will say, while I'm not going to say that that you can't, I mean, you can't be a, the greatest fighter ever with a loss. Like, I'm not going to say that because a lot of people put Anderson Silva up there. He's lost a couple times. A lot of people will put J, or GPP up there. Um, he's he's lost. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of hard when you look at the competition that Israel has fought against the George St. Pierre um John Bones Jones. So, I don't know. Shouts out again to Jan cuz that, you know, and, and a lot was on a lot was on the line this fight cuz Israel could have if he would have won, he would have just been the fifth fighter of all time to have two different belts uh to hold two different belts at one time and I think that would have been huge and I I do think that if he would have won, then this would have set up that the door would have been wide open for a Israel and John Bones Jones fight. And, of course, you heard a lot of back and forth before the fight and after the fight, John Bones saying, you know what, no, it's not. I think that kind of closes the door on that, saying, you know, it's not, it's not worth my time because he lost in this and the third. 
and of course, I don't know who Jan's gonna fight next. Uh, but I do. I, I I'm not. I don't think that this is the end of Israel being good. I, I think that, of course, he's gonna have to get a couple more fights under him before we can start really talking about if he's the best. You know, this I, a lot of people don't like his cockiness, but I mean, when you, I, I don't understand this. What I don't understand is you're in a you're in the sport you're in a blood sport pretty much, and people are upset because you're cocky. Like, bro, I'm. I'm I'm seven foot going toe to toe with somebody. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be cocky to hell. So I don't know what's gonna go. I don't know what's gonna happen. But shouts out to Jan for being here. Shouts out to Emmanuel Amanda Nunes for winning as well. I feel bad for the women's um for the women's side because you're starting to how Amanda Nunes is arguably the greatest UFC greatest woman's UFC fighter ever. And the fact that she's beat um, Ronda Rousey, she's beat anybody you put against her, she's beat. And she's beat them quite quite handily, too. And I feel bad because you're starting to lose. Like, if she loses, you know, if she loses, it's, it's, t it's starting to be a bigger, it will be a bigger upset if she loses than, than when Ronda Rousey was just, blowing through people and and when she lost i was just like geez to holly holly holmes or something like that that was a huge upset but if amanda nunez loses that to me is an even bigger upset because she's just destroying people i think she she beat home girl in like the first what five to ten minutes i think that the stat came out she was only hit like twice like that's that's crazy but shout out to ufc for getting it right again Having a great weekend, uh, you know the UFC Island. They're doing it right. Shouts out to um, that organization, and shouts out to Jan again, and and shouts out to all the participants. So, before we go, it needs to be talked about. So the Steelers re-signed Big Ben um, to a. I mean they they re-signed him through what through, for another two year deal, but. They restructured it, and I think they saved upwards of like either either five five million or fifteen million, one of them two. However, it still doesn't really leave much room for free agents because they don't really have much money. Like, what's it, um, Butu Priest probably gone. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster's probably not going to be re-signed. It, it, I will say this. I under and I said this before. I understand legacy. I understand you wanna if if someone's done so much for the organization, you don't want them to. You just don't want to throw them out. Hell, uh, Washington ev did everything in their power to 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 keep Alex Smith in the organization, but Alex Smith wants to continue to play, and I don't know if he is at the level of a starting quarterback, and that's what. Washington's not looking for a back quarterback. They're looking for a starting quarterback. And because of that, they were able to let him go. I think that when it, when it, when an organization when an organization doesn't I don't they should not they should have let either Big Ben walk or let him retire. Because you were good enough you were good enough to be at least 11 and 0 last year. Now I know what happened after, but you were good enough to be 11 and 0 and a lot of that was not because of Big Ben. A lot of that was because you had an incredible defense and you were able to do a lot of, you know, your receivers were able to create after a lot of dink and dunks. But your defense was the main part of that. And now you're you're kind of while yeah, you wanted to appease Big Ben you kind of have strapped yourself for a minute now. Like, I don't know what's going to happen now because I, they don't have enough to, they don't, <laughs> they don't have enough to, they can't afford nobody. So I don't know. Uh, again, I shout out to big Ben for getting his money again and shout out to Pittsburgh. Cause I guess that's what they wanted to do. But if you look at that division, you know, Joe Burrows, he's going to come back healthy you're not even close to the Ravens as far as quarterback wise. And 
you're not better than Baker Mayfield at this point. So you're the worst quarterback. Even uh, now, you're not the most. You're the most accomplished. But if we're talking about next season, you're the worst quarterback, and you pay him almost. Uh, <laughs> you pay him when you have other quarterbacks out there that you can get, and because you pay him, you can't afford other people. So, I guess shouts out to shouts out to the Steelers. I mean. This is what they wanted to do. They did it. Shout out to Big Ben. I guess. Uh, good luck next year. You know what I mean? Let's see what they do. But there you have it. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, I appreciate. Actually, it has not been this week's because I'm doing two a week. Uh, again, this is the first week that I'm starting two episodes a week. I'm doing it on Tuesdays and or which is today and sun, Saturdays. So tune in for that. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. If you're if you're not watching, come to the YouTube. Please subscribe. The link will be in the description below. If you want an unpopular podcast, hoodie, uh, sweater, shirt, joggers, the link is in the description. I, I, I mean, I wear it unpopular. I wear it everywhere I go for people that know me. So go get your merch. Again, I love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. We pray these niggas understand our passion and we take this. Rich. Yes. Uh. Biggest, biggest film. Godfather with a gun full of snakes. Car Porsche trying to give away a wraith. Bricks ball trying to turn them into base. Big boy, I'm here trying by the Braves. Courtroom silent like I'm in the opera. When and got it, now these niggas wanna knock us. Bitches follow cause they need a couple dollars. But it ain't a problem cause a nigga really got it. Fat boy, rich nigga with an appetite. Count money all night under the candlelight. Spinning vinyl, Teddy P or is it Lionel? Not a model, but I know I be idle. Big bank sparking, we without a lighter. On fire cause I'm just a different writer. Practicing social distance with all these snitch niggas. Guess he jealous cause I had his favorite bitch with us. Big bucks, stepping out of big trucks. Stepping on my feet to get you fucked up. Got the squad with me and all they did was give me love. Foot locker 20 deep, a nigga spin a dub. G wagon for my bitch, that girl go live it up. Death row, that's for these niggas, I'ma hit em up. Machiavelli is all eyes on me. Pinky rings is still M.O.B. Purple 360 up front, it all comes full circle. Class photograph, Sandy had me on my Urkel. Patty Mahomes about to fall short a couple hundred. Sign sealed, delivered. I fucked a notary public. She witnessed me sign off on some undeniable numbers. Yeah, make a set sell in Croatia to get the leverage. Groundskeepers cutting the grass and clipping the hedges. I took two mil out the cage down in the desert. Matthew Maddox calling the pit boss, double checking. The numbers all good, just pay me, I'm at the Rhino. Real life, the whole fam goons like Rallo. One truck in front of me, one behind me to follow. Let me get a lemon pepper order, please. You gotta head a link before you order these. Docking jet skis in the Florida Keys. We all grateful for Wheezy, but no one more than me. You just find a bottle with the messages. These days, fame is disconnected from excellence. Half the time, I gotta ask niggas what they profession is. Usher the generation in. These are where my professions live. I did brunch with the judge we appearing before. Private villas only. I don't go near a resort. We want everything galore, and I just lyric galore. For real. And my city love me like DeMar DeRozan. I sent her the child support. She sent me the heart emoji. They all say they love me, but they hardly know me. Yeah. Dropped him off at school, big day for my little man Recess hits, daddy probably made another M School bell rings and I'm out there to get him again Yeah, teacher parent meetings, wives get googly eyed Regardless of what they husbands do to provide Asking if I know Beyonce and Nicki Minaj Of course Pull up to the front in a fleet of Suburbans Flooded fresh immersion with the secret service Shit is so obvious it defeats the purpose if this is your hobby, then come and meet your maker. 
Champagne ring bells in the streets of Jamaica. Started at the crib, look how far this shit'll take you. Raw sitting on 235 acres. And that's facts. Hamdan Muhammad like my third cousin. Facts. Mansoor Muhammad like my real brother. Facts. Dubai embraced me like an Emirati. Facts. All my Rolls Royces got a different body. Facts. Mansoor kitted out with every option. Facts. Let me know if that's a problem. If you got a problem with me, gotta walk around it. Used to say I had it before I got it. Now I got it all. And being honest, I don't really want to talk about it. And if I didn't have it, wouldn't want to talk about it. I had it so long, I don't even celebrate it. Negative thoughts don't even enter my inner matrix. Imagine me still rapping about if I never made it. Damn. Not too many parallels left in our lives. I mean, my crib looked bigger through my son's eyes. And the squad looked bigger to the young guys. And my dick feel better when you drunk, right? Spend nighttime staring at the sunrise. And my diamonds all hidden like tie-dye. Air Canada sent a nigga when I die. Y'all gonna have to fly in and do your fake cry. First couple rows, you gonna see the real guys. The ones that purchase their vehicles cause of trunk size. The ones that look at other rappers like it's lunchtime. Watch on my wrist, never show me crunch time. Cause I ain't never let it come to that one time. To be real, man, I never did one crime. But none of my brothers could caption that line. At all. Kill me, that's talent God wasted. Instant noodle sriracha, I still tasted when mama was too tired to cook and we had the basics. Instant noodle sriracha, I still tasted. Now it's a movie, I'm back at Balazs wasted. Niggas love trap on my back with a walls facing. Big body frames, wasn't in the car racing. Me and Chuds drive by, shorty hard racing. I always end up dropping the top when it starts raining. Living in a six, eight week sun blazing. After that, the killies just go into hibernation. Damn. Rest in peace, dollar bill. How I get a girl and girls still wanna holler still. How I'm so famous, gotta live where they hide the hills. Everybody that survived got survivor's guilt. My label gotta prove they love me, gotta wire mills. My boy Kitchen's done looking like a flour mill. You niggas' faces looking like you drink sour milk. And your album's like some motherfucking fire drills. It's like the shit feels real, but it's never real.